Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 45, Dandy Boy. Why don't you tend bar George Vider's nightclub? Junior asked. She slapped a plate down in the draining tray and picked up a dish towel and dried her hands fast and turned around to face me. I knew it was an important question because she stood there for a few seconds and didn't take her eyes off me. And it's kind of a sore spot, because I know people are wondering why I don't hang at Viter's with the showbiz Pharisees. I don't think the bartenders are unionized at Viter's Club, sweetie. They aren't. Nope. Those guys are lucky if they make 200 bucks a night, including tips. She sighed. Local six all the way, I geek cackled. <laughs> she sighed again. But wouldn't you make contacts there? I mean... Another sigh. Wouldn't it be better for your career? Don't agents go there? Comics, singers, actors. It just seems like you have the perfect day job for networking. And instead, you spend all night in that midtown hotel with salesmen and tourists. And hookers, I gig cackled. <laughs> like the tall one at my bar every night in the boots with the seven-inch heels and the leather pants. Junior stared at me. She was unfazed. She really couldn't figure me out. Was I really into this being an artist crap, or wasn't I? Okay, I thought while she was staring at me. My bad. See, for the past five days, I'd been haranguing her with anecdotes of my three days producing the music video. I wanted her to think the reason I was all chipper and whistling and happy all the time wasn't because I was about to start pounding the fresh tale of a 30-something actress who had once killed as Louisa Miller in Cabal and Lieb, but because my career was moving. Because I was meeting people. Because the biz bug had rebitten me. Now, by asking me why I wasn't interested in tending Viter's showbiz bar, she was kind of calling my bluff. Huh. You know, I don't think I ever realized it until just this second typing it out, but that's exactly what she was doing, calling my bluff. The hypocritical slit. Why hypocritical, you ask? Bear this in mind whenever I mention Junior and her domestic complaints. At no time was she supposed to be the full-time housewife and mommy in this arrangement. She started out as an actress, for Christ's sake. Now she was a full-time drudge. She was as lost in the middle-class maze as I was in putting in even less effort to get out. When was the last time she produced, even pretend produced, a music video? Not to mention a music video that ended up cyber-sweeping the nation. Hey, and if she'd wanted to do that, I would have so supported the twat. But back last March in my kitchen when we were having this conversation, no way I had that in my head. Back then, all I wanted from her was to let me off the hook for not asking Viter if I could serve drinks to 20-something comics in his club. Honey, I whine-pled. I walked up to her from behind and wrapped my loving arms around her waist. One step at a time. Today, music video producer. Tomorrow, tending bar in a nightclub, maybe. 
I gig cackled to underline the irony in case she missed it. <laughs> she didn't say anything, didn't even acknowledge I was there. I kissed her neck, nothing, just kept rinsing her dishes. So I detached myself and whistled down the hallway to get the boys, who were in their room and up to no good on the internet. Fuck it, I thought at the wife. Be pissed off. I'll take my dick business to a dick aficionado. But I had the whole day ahead of me before I had to worry about anything erection-esque. And right now, the mission was take the boys to Riverside Park for a day of man-squad fun. If you're from New York, you maybe remember last March. We had these two weeks at the end of the month that were ridiculously warm, remember? The arms were already starting to come out. Give it another six weeks, I thought. We'll start seeing naked legs on rollerblades and single mommies with tight glutes and tight sweats. So I had the boys, and they had their plastic lightsabers, and we were on our way to the playland that is Riverside Park. When we got there, we immediately went to the lunch cart of the nice immigrant man selling shish kebab. The man squad runs on shish kebab. Then we ran over and sat down on a bench next to this dandy boy in a white ringer tee under a white jacket with black trim that looked like he maybe stole it from a waiter in a classy restaurant. He also had on these brown suede chick boots and flaming yellow pants. Now, I'm a liberal. When I see fags roving around on the Upper West Side, my first impulse is to walk over to them and say, Thank you for bringing some diversity to my neighborhood. I know that some guys get all defensive about the park being a family place where their kids are protected and whatnot, but what I say to those guys is, live and let live, or go fuck yourself. Am I right? So me and the boys didn't think twice about sitting down next to a dandy boy and chowing down shish kebab like we were made of wolf parts. I'm going to be completely honest here and admit we were kind of messy. But we were eating street meat for fuck's sake, and all we had to wipe up with were these flimsy white paper napkins like the ones from the metal dispenser in a diner, and I guess the odor from the meat was pretty well... odory. Then the boys, well, I don't know what the boys did first. I think Harry farted, and then we started making fart jokes. Or maybe it was the other way around, it's kind of jumbled in my head. I settled them down and we just started chewing. Then Harry put a pepper in his nose and said, Bugger, like Count Dracula. And I gig cackled. <laughs> That's when the dandy boy jumps up. Swear to God, he's been sitting still as a statue, so I forgot he was even there and screams at me in this metrosexual accent. Jesus Christ, you lip-smacking peasant. Don't you have any awareness of the people around you? Well... And he stared at me with these eyes popping from the adrenaline. His nostrils weren't flared, but he was panting a little. And he was all brown, like a Cuban or a Puerto Rican or an Arab or something. Sorry, I said. He turned around and pranced away. He looked funny, his little fag boots pounding the wet earth as he stomped up the path to Riverside Drive. At 
first I was really sorry, like I said to the guy, but then I thought, Fuck you, dandy boy. Daddy? Sam said. I looked down. He was looking up at me all scared and confused like a puppy that just got his nose slapped. I had a good mind to call a cop, except there's no law against scaring kids by screaming at their dad. Don't worry, boys, I said. That man is just upset because he can't afford an iPod like everybody else. The ass queer. You don't like the sounds and smells of my family? Buy some earbuds and a burrito like the rest of civilization and get your fanny huggers out of my face. I looked at my shivering kids and I knew I was right. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2013 to 2017, by Dan Wrench.